Today's episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. My name is Joe DiBiase. Thought we'd be talking to a fantasy hockey guy right now, to be honest. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I'm also Jordan and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, right when we, I was getting prepared to talk fantasy, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the Sabers uh, shot a news bomb at us. So they did. Uh, we survived it, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to think. I'll let you lead off. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is one of the most surprising pieces of news in a long time with this team. Yep. So uh, I guess it's an emergency podcast here. We both ran to our computers and just hit record and started going here as the Buffalo Sabres announced this morning, recording here on Tuesday morning, that they have relieved general manager Jason Bottrell of his duties and have named Kevin Adams as general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. Just reading the the statement here that Terry and Kim Pagula put out, quote, this morning we informed Jason Bottrell he will no longer be the general manager of the Sabres. This decision was made after many candid discussions with Jason during a full review of our hockey operation. We recognize we have philosophical differences regarding how to best put ourselves in a position to compete for a Stanley Cup. So we decided to make this change. We wish Jason and his family all the best moving forward. We thank him for his time and energy devoted to our organization and to the city of Buffalo. New general manager Kevin Adams and head coach Ralph Kruger already have a close working relationship, and we are excited to see what they can do together as we reconfigure our hockey operations. We have the benefit of this long 2020 pause, take time to reorganize and re-energize our hockey department. We recognize the importance of this offseason with so many player decisions to be made. We have had the pleasure of watching Kevin build his post-playing career over the past nine years under multiple roles throughout our organization. We are confident Kevin and Ralph will work together to build a consistent contender. As always, we are here to provide the necessary resources Our fans deserve better, and we are all tasked with the burden to improve and provide them a consistent contending team for years to come. That's the statement from Terry and Kim Pagula. There's a lot to really siphon through there. Like There is some stuff that I want to kind of take out and and, and look at, but just on the overall, Bottrell's gone. We both spend an entire episode basically went the three weeks ago when the story came out that Kim Pagula, by the way, was talking to the AP basically like vehemently defending the idea of keeping Bottrell around. Um, we were both yelling about like, how can you possibly in any regard think that keeping Bottrell on as GM is a good idea to now we're three weeks later and he's gone. Like, just like that three weeks ago, you had, a quote from Kim Pagula, and she didn't have to come out and say this. She didn't have to basically uh, to, to, to defend the idea of Bottrell as the GM. She said, he's our GM. Our plan is to continue, to continue with him. I realize it's not popular with the fans. Like That is something that the team president said. So I, I don't know. I don't know about you. I'm not necessarily buying the idea that this was just part of a sweeping review of the hockey department. Because if it was, then you had no reason a few weeks ago to come out and, and basically say Jason Bottrell's our GM. Right, right. It makes me wonder what, like, what changed. 
And I don't know if it's necessarily like they reviewed. I mean, you had you had all season to review him. Like, why do you why do you right. take these next three weeks in the summer when he's not really doing anything, and then you review him? Um, I find I just find a lot of it strange. It's a little like it seems a little unprofessional to me. Like you tell somebody their job is safe, and then three weeks later they're gone. Like I don't know. There must there must be a reason behind the dates. Maybe maybe we'll learn more about that. That maybe they they get out of a little bit of money by waiting yep. until now. I don't. I don't really know, and I'm not overly enthusiastic about an in-house hire. Uh, I think that the problem with the Sabres really is that in-house we have a lot of stuff we need to change, and when you hire in-house, I mean, how many real changes do you get? Uh, I'm not I'm not overly enthusiastic about a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. I, yeah, I think something triggered this. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not. I said it again. I'm. I'm or gonna say it again. I'm not buying the fact that th- this is just part of a sweeping hockey operation review. Um, unless they uncovered something that you know they didn't like. Like a couple of years ago, it was basically they uncovered that Tim Murray had like no communication throughout the hockey department. And when you kind of figure that out and you dive deeper into that, okay, well, I could see why maybe a sweeping review like this could change your opinion. But by most accounts, that's not what's going on here with Botcher. Like this is player decision making uh, that sh- I would think is the driving motivating factor here. But again, what triggered this? It, maybe is is the pilot uh, Lawrence Pilot leaving for the KHL too small for this? I, I would think that it is. Although maybe because I don't know. I think if you were a Lawrence it might Pilot, mean something more though, right? No, like right. it might mean that it might mean that the players have bad relationship with the management, and if that's the case, then you really—I mean, where can you go if you have distrust, you know, with yeah. like, with minor players? Like, how far can that go up? And uh, I think that, that that could be a serious problem going forward if if the players have this massive distrust of RGM. It's going to be hard to get players in. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, you know, there's not, none of this is proven, but I think that that could be, that could have been a factor. I think it could mean something bigger than necessarily how good Lawrence pilot is. Yeah, no, right. And I don't think pilot is a, he's not an impactful enough player to basically be like the last straw. Like, I don't think they were, all right, you're our GM, but if Lawrence pilot leaves, then you're out of here. I don't think it was that simple. So what else could have triggered it? I things. I'm, this is all speculation, but maybe it could have been Eichel. Uh, something behind the scenes going on with Jack Eichel. I don't think he's de- out there demanding a trade. But if he did that behind the scenes, then I think Botrell's probably out the door. Um, if you know he in a conversation with the Pagulas basically. Uh, didn't give them a vote of confidence for Botrell. Maybe that could do it as well, keeping their star player as ha- happy as he can as they can't be competitive with him as their best player. Um, maybe it could have been even Terry. It could have been Terry Pagula stepping in. Kim Pagula is the president of hockey operations. She's been the one speaking for the team. And in the statement, it's Terry and Kim Pagula. So I don't know. Is it possible also that Terry, while maybe he's been spending more of his time with the Bills lately, um, he stepped in and just said, I, this guy can't continue on here. But again, I think that's something that would have been a conversation before Kim Pugula came out and spoke to the AP. So I don't really know, I guess, what triggered it. Um, but here we are. 
Here we are, and now Kevin Adams is the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. And on first glance, this reminded me of Russ Brandon being the general manager of the Buffalo Bills in that it's a business operations guy that is going over to the hockey side of it. And when that happens, generally you point to, oh, there's money issues going on there, or they don't want to pay a lot for that position because now they're finding a guy in their organization that's on the business end of things, on the money management side of things, that's now making hockey decisions. Um, although I, 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 that was my first thought that was like a, that I had, but I would say now that I've thought more about it, I'm reading more about it, and I'm thinking more about Kevin Adams' background and the statement there. I'll pick it out in the in one of the final paragraphs. We've had the pleasure of watching Kevin build his post-playing career over the past nine years under multiple roles in the organization. Uh, we're confident Kevin and Ralph can work together to build a consistent contender. First of what, by the way, uh, you notice there, Ralph Kruger is mentioned several times throughout the statement, so he is staying as head coach at the Buffalo Sabres. He is staying. Um, but... Adams has been groomed in a sort of way. Uh, Paul Hamilton tweeting this a couple of minutes ago. Like he has, they've been working him up through the organization over the past 11 years, uh, starting as an assistant coach under Lindy Ruff uh, on the coaching side of things. Then he is working with Harbor Center and in an executive role uh, with the Academy of Hockey. Then he, in the past year, has been serving with the Sabres as senior vice president of business administration. So essentially, they now have a guy in Kevin Adams. Um, who we funny enough, I'll, I'll get to this actually in a second, but let's do a serious note first. He is not just a business guy, even though that's how he served the last year, because to me, he's been, he's a former player, of course, f- former NHL player, uh, working in the Sabres organization as a coach, working in the Academy of hockey. Um, like your thoughts on them hiring from within and not basically going through an exhaustive GM search. I would have preferred them to do the exhaustive GM search. Um, I think that I think that the Sabres organization has so many flaws. I mean, we've mentioned it so many times over and over and over again, all throughout the year. Like even the marketing department, we we yelled at, like because like you know they can't get the jerseys in in time, and it's like it's like, and then we're hiring from within. I don't know, like, is he more qualified than what you could have gotten out? Like you could have been interviewing assistant GMs, former GMs, like all these guys have experience in the role and they're putting a lot of trust on a 45 year old guy from the, their own department and from their own beliefs and their own groomed guy. And like, I don't know if he's going to carry a lot of weight in the league. He's going to have to prove it real quick. Uh, because otherwise he's kind of like Botterill again, even less so because he didn't, he wasn't an assistant GM. So he like, he has, he has to earn his reputation. Like I think a lot of times the NHL, it's kind of like this old boys club where your reputation matters a ton. And I think that it like, it helps like GM, like the good GMs get to make these great trades because I think that they have this reputation and like, they they kind of like pick on the the newer GMs or the inexperienced GMs. Um, Kevin's got a lot of work to do, and I would have liked to see other GMs maybe be up for the job, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and like I I want to give Kevin Adams credit because I think he's I think he's a sharp guy. Um, <laughs> but it is isn't it funny now that there is a player from the 0506 Carolina Hurricanes that's now running the Buffalo Sabers? Uh, I, I don't want to point that out too much, but 
I maybe mean, that's maybe that's all we need. Is that what we lot. needed, or is this a, a part of the curse? Is this a part of the curse that's been cast upon the Sabers? Like, oh, you don't like what's been going on here? Here's a guy from the 06 Hurricanes who basically broke your hearts, and now he's going to be running the show. Good luck. Uh, it was yeah, that was one of his that was his best year, I think. Yeah, well, well, no, it was. It was, it was a good, good year for him. He was yeah. good with the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes earlier. Yeah. So, again, like weird timing. Uh, Ralph Kruger is staying on. If we're looking at this statement, I, I would think, of course, uh, you never know in three weeks because apparently you think a guy's safe like we thought Botrell was, and then three weeks later, who the, know, who the hell knows what happens? Let's roll on this because he's, he's a very smart guy, Ralph yeah. Kruger. And, like, I don't know if we, we talked enough about him, like, Mm-hmm. Maybe he talked to the Bagools and he's like, "Listen, I've I've had trouble working with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really bring in what I want him to bring in. Um, you know, like I could see that happening. Like the the Bagools put a lot of investment into Kruger. They gave him what a five year deal. Like, yep. they, like they put a decent amount of investment with him. And if he's not, if Botterill's not doing his end of the job, like." And Kruger feels like he could do it better with somebody else. It's rare that a coach like with that little experience would have that power, but I think Kruger might. The way they talk about him, like I think that he, I think they really believe in what he does. I think the players really believe in what he does. Listening to what they had to say about him, hmm. um, I think Kruger has more power in this organization than people think. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. What's funny is I thought that if something like this were going to happen and they were going to hire within, I would have thought Kruger would have been the guy that they put in an executive role because that's what he wanted to do when he originally made the switch back from the English Premier League to the NHL. He wanted to come back in an executive role, and he couldn't find one, so he settled for a head coaching job. Um, So I I was wondering if that would be a situation, but maybe he'll have – maybe it was about say in the front office, and maybe now with Kevin Adams – um, not having any experience as a general manager in hockey and really not even in a, a major executive role in the front office making hockey decisions. Like he doesn't even right, he doesn't have an assistant coach uh, GM experience. Maybe Kruger is gonna have a lot more say now in personnel and roster decisions than he would have had ever before with Jason Bottrell on as GM. Um so today, in terms of press conferences, recording at 10 a.m., the Pagulas are going to be speaking at 2 o'clock uh, v- along with Kevin Adams and Ralph Kruger. So that should put any doubt away that Kruger is staying on as, as head coach, at least head coach, as he will be at the podium with the Pagulas and Kevin Adams. But it, they're, they're, it's like almost like you can never believe or never trust the job security of a guy because – it's almost like in other sports teams, if the GM gets in front of the mic at the end of the season and he holds an end-of-season press conference, aren't you usually pretty confident that that guy is going to be back? Because otherwise, why are you letting him get in front of the mic? But this is two GMs in a row, Tim Murray a couple of years ago and Jason Bottrell this year, that they've allowed them to get in front of the mic have long, lengthy conference calls talking about what they want to do moving forward, talking as if they are going to be moving forward, and then they're fired a couple of weeks later. And I'm not saying that's the wrong decision. It's just twice in a row now we've had interesting timing. And it makes me wonder about the job security of anybody uh, at this point uh, under the Pagoulas. Yeah, I'm 
I'd be I'd be mad if I was if I was Botterill. Like I think it's I I would not have liked to be treated that way. Although like I I mean he his his you know his record says that he probably should have been fired immediately. But like I don't know. Like I think that that's I mean hopefully they shed some light on what changed in the, in the past 3 weeks because like I think being I think being like kind of jerked around like that is it's got to be really frustrating. And you, you, like, set out your plan, and you're, like, starting to prep for the new year, probably prepping for the draft. And he's, like, he gets fired three weeks after doing his postseason presser where he, yep. he was told that he had the next season in the bag. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Uh, and we should mention here Frank Cervelli and also uh, Pierre Lebrun, uh, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic, Frank Cervelli of TSN, uh, are both reporting and both have reported that the Sabres have also let go of assistant general managers Randy Sexton and Steve Greeley. So they have completely cleaned house of the management department uh, in the hockey department. Uh, Sexton running the Rochester Americans for the past couple of years. And a quick word on uh, really what Sexton's firing means and what the Amherst had basically been for the past couple of seasons. I didn't need him to stay. He actually is the one that had the, the, the quote that made me want to pull my hair out the other day that they had no idea that Lawrence pilot would might want to leave the Sabres organization and go overseas. <laughs> like you had no idea that a good young defenseman who can't get in your lineup would maybe be frustrated. Like really, you have no <laughs> idea that's going to happen. Like it drove me bonkers reading that quote the other day. Um, but like, really, that is its own thing. And then also, like, you know, the Amherst have been good, but I've made this point many times over the past few years that, yes, the Amherst have been good, but basically what Randy Sexton and also Bottrell have put together at Rochester is not like this this crop of young talent that's having success in the AHL and is going to someday come up to the Sabres. When you sign 30-year-old AHL veterans that are good in the AHL and have zero chance of ever coming to the NHL, yeah, you're going to have a good AHL team, but it doesn't mean that it's going to translate to NHL success at all. Right, right. I think that they they wanted to like build the competitor from below. Which I think is right. like a noble effort, but it doesn't work that way if none of the guys are able to be called up ever. <laughs> like, right. Like the, you just, <laughs> the culture does not just magically migrate down an hour and a half to, from Rochester. Like you have to move the players that are young and able to able to build the NHL team. <laughs> it does. It doesn't just right. magically shift over. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, there's a lot. This was. Did we? Did you expect this at all? Like, did you expect no, a news day this major in the next, you know, six months until the Sabers are probably playing again? Like, because I didn't. No, I didn't expect it at all. Um, I also didn't expect it to be in house. Maybe I should have. Uh, I think that's kind of what the Sabers like to do now. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I was stunned. This was one of the most stunning pieces of news since, oh, I'm trying to probably digs for the Bills. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
And even yeah, that, some, that had some warning signs. Like, that had some rumors floating about the yeah. Bills were trusted. This had, there was nothing. Like, in fact, three weeks ago, they told us the opposite. Yeah. You know what's amazing? Like, we're still sitting here, and we're still waiting. And I, I retweeted a tweet that I had last February. Um, and it was, name a better duo. It's a picture of Darcy Regeer and Lindy Ruff. We're still waiting. Um, and, like, isn't that crazy that, like, the two guys that I think we were all kind of getting tired with towards the end because it had been 17 years and uh, of, a, of that partnership. Imagine that. 17 years. You get 17 months at this point, and it seems like a long time from a Sabres GM and coach duo. Um and Darcy and Lindy, you know, they always had the cap restrictions. And, you know, Darcy, of course, once he got those lifted with the Pagulas, he did not do a good job. It was clear he didn't know how to just go out and spend big money on free agents. Uh, mm. Really, well, one, because you're not really supposed to. And But, like, isn't it funny that, like, those two guys left or were fired seven years ago now and we're still waiting for an upgrade over that and it's not even like they were like hall of fame you know executive and coaches maybe lindy's a hall of fame coach i don't know he's fifth all-time wins but that's not the point you know what i mean right right i think uh i mean i would i would love to have them back like if you just sign me up for like Mm -hmm. five more years of that like i would take that um but yeah, I mean, maybe that's what their plan is here. I think that they're, you know, they're getting a coach with that's highly respected. I mean, and then they have a they have a GM that they really believe in, and you know, it's got to start somewhere. Like I don't think Lindy and Darcy when they first started out, there was this this marquee this marquee pairing. But you know, I'm yep. hopeful. I, I'm an optimist still. So. I don't. Yeah. I don't sound it all the time, but I. I. I want them to be good. So mm-hmm. here's the Kevin Adams, I guess. Like, <laughs> here's the Kevin Adams, the ninth general manager of the Buffalo Sabers. Would you have guessed there was more than that? Would you have guessed there have been more than nine GMs for the Sabers in yeah, history? That is, that is actually surprising. I mean, they've been in business for fifty years now, so that's like yeah. What is that like? A little bit under like six years, like five years per GM. Yeah, and well, because if you look at it, but now, like, yeah, this is the third before, in the last five in the last six years. Yeah, before Murray, they had six in like what forty years. Yeah, like, they had. So it because everyone was really pretty much a very long tenure. You had Pudge Imlach, who started in 1970 and went to 1978. You had John Anderson for a brief uh, a brief seven months. Um, from 78 to 79, you had Scotty Bowman from 79 to 86. So that's a, that's a seven year chunk there. You got another seven year chunk for G- for Jerry Meehan, uh, 86 to 93. Then John Muckler for four years, 93 to 97. And then I think the big one here is Darcy. I mean, Darcy eats up 35% of your franchise history, uh, 97 to 2013. It's just like an eternity for a general manager. Isn't that crazy too? How looking back, I'm like a little off topic here, but how long Darcy lasted? No GM ever lasts 16 years, especially when they don't like have like if you have multiple championships, maybe. But one Stanley Cup Finals appearance in '99, by the way, and you get another 14 years. Like that is unheard of in sports. <laughs> yeah, he kind of timed out his uh, his success pretty well. 
you yeah. know, like if you think about it, I mean, it's got to be it's frustrating for the fans where you, like every four or five years you have a good team. Yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, like, oh, uh, Darcy's on the verge, man. He hasn't won in a while. Up oh, Cup Finals. Oh, Darcy hasn't won in a while. Oh, they made the playoffs with this stinky team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he survive, survive, survive. No, yeah, it's like he every time he was right about to get fired, boom, there's a playoff team uh, that he puts out on the ice. Like, oh, he's about to get fired again. Oh, playoff team. And then the uh, final, straw was, final straw was prepare for years of suffering, which we're still in. Yeah, yeah, we're still – isn't that crazy? So that, that quote was seven years ago, and it's we're fun. still in it. <laughs> oh, all right, well, here's the better times. We're going to have a Game of Thrones draft uh, coming up, so that'll be fun. Um We'll probably have to put it off just a little bit now because we have some news and we can go through uh, Kevin Adams' career a little bit more in our next episode and start to look into what he might do uh, and what this might change for the offseason. Because I do think in terms of player development and player decision-making, this could the, this is in the statement uh, that there's a lot of important player decisions to be made coming up. And I wonder if... You know, like Reinhardt at center, Reinhardt's contract, trading Ristolainen, uh, trading Brandon Montour. I wonder what this could mean differently because we all, I think, had lost confidence in Jason Bottrell to go out and make the big trade that is necessary. And I would say maybe the most hopeful I am right now just by having a new guy in there is that, oh, if there's a Ristolainen trade on the table, this guy's not afraid to take it. If there's a if there's a Montour trade on the table, this guy's not afraid to take it. Hell, if someone wants to come knocking, barging down the door with a giant offer for Sam Reinhart, Kevin Adams isn't going to be afraid to have that conversation. Um, that's where I think I'd have the most hope. Yeah, I, I that's what I'd like. Just not necessarily trade Reinhart, but just be a little bit more aggressive. I think that... Or actually, a lot more aggressive because Botterill didn't really do anything. Uh, like I, I just want, I want to see a. I would love to see the Sabers pull a trigger on a big trade. Something that shakes things up, whether it, whether it's Reinhardt or not, or you know, Risto. You've been talking about like just something to just something to switch it up and get yeah. like it's stale. Like the, the the product is stale, and I think that. Like when you when you want to make a big trade, like you gotta you gotta pull the plug on something that like the Sabers have had for a while. When it's right. probably one of those two guys because they're probably the more valuable pieces. Right. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today in the Lockdown Sabers podcast. Before we get out of here, though, I do want to take a minute to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Sixteen great flavors. Eight chocolate nut flavors. Eight chocolate nut free flavors. One hundred percent covered in chocolate. Soft, easy to chew. If, if, I, if you like, uh, like if you're a Three Musketeers guy, if you're a Milky Way guy, the in terms of the. It tastes like a candy bar. That would be the closest uh, I could get for you for a comparison. Um, but they're healthy. They're healthy. You're looking at under uh, five grams of net carbs. You're looking at under four grams of sugar, and you're getting 15 to 20 grams of protein in each one, under 200 calories, by the way, as well. Uh, peanut butter brownie flavor, definitely my number one. Cookie dough is good too, though. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order today. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 